This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about technology that affects all of us in a format that allows you to consume it in the time it takes to go to and from the grocery store. I'm your host, Lou Covey, and I probably know more about it than you do. And if I don't, I know someone who does. But first... The state of California has started a uh, relief grant program for small businesses under 500 employees uh, in order to help them stay open during the the lockdowns and to help restore some of the uh, the revenue that they've lost during this time. <clears throat> and it's it started December 30th uh, after a, a long fanfare. The problem is, is that the rollout has not been all that good. And there are some significant security issues related to the third party uh, providers that the state has uh, uh, contracted with. Uh, the, the two contractors that I, I've uh, been looking into are a company called Lendistry, which is essentially a virtual bank. Uh, everything is done online. They don't have uh, brick and mortar shops. Uh, and a, uh, another company called Plaid. Now, Plaid is, is the bigger one. Um, and Lendistry is subcontracting to them. Uh, the problem is that Lendistry has not been forthcoming after multiple requests for interviews about some of the problems that they're having, which have actually been uh, uh, revealed in other publications, and I'll be writing about this in Cybersecurity Magazine. Uh, but the rollout of the application process has been marked with a lot of failure uh, with the site crashing. They weren't, they weren't prepared for the amount of traffic they were going to get. Uh, sensitive financial information that they require uh, has uh, essentially disappeared when people have uploaded it. Uh, but probably more of an issue is the use of Plaid. Now, now I'm not saying that Plaid or Lendistry are insecure. Uh, but I am saying that what they're asking for is stuff that most security experts say never, never do. That specifically is the requirement to give your username and password to Plaid, and they will make the connection with you, uh, with your bank. Um, here's a basic problem, though, is that many banks, and my bank in particular, uh, has a two-step verification process where you put in your you type in your username and password and then they send you a code that you're supposed to put in to verify who you are and unfortunately with plaid that doesn't work uh, so you cannot connect your bank to the grant program through this process the good news is that means your account is secure the bad news is you can't get the grant so I've been uh, trying to contact both Lendistry and Plaid. Uh, Lendistry has not been forthcoming with information about how they secure this information, nor why uh, when uh, businesses put in their sensitive banking information uh, with documents, uh, tax records, that sort of thing, it tends to disappear along with the application and you have to reapply. Where does it go? I have no idea. Lendistry won't talk to me. And in fact, the CEO of Lendistry suggested that I talk to Plaid first and let him know how it turned out, which I did. Uh, but uh, still, Lendistry hasn't come forward 
with any information. Plaid, on the other hand, has been quite forthcoming and open about their processes. Uh, thanks to Freya Peterson, who uh, is the marketing uh, person at Plaid, and she uh, she set me up with Shano Fonseca and Kyle Berry. Uh, Shano is the head of risk at Plaid, and Kyle Berry is the head of security. And so they uh, sat down and shared some time, uh, took some time to talk with me uh, about what they do. And we're going to start with Shano, uh, with specifically the question, uh, what is Plaid doing to secure users' info? One of the key things that we do is that we go through regular audits. Uh, you know, we engage with third-party auditors. Uh, for example, we go through an annual SOC 2, for example, where it's like a holistic um, a, a holistic audit or a test of the design and the operational effectiveness of, of our full-stack information security program for, from beginning to end. This is something that we go through every 12 months. Um, on top of that, right, staying on that topic of third-party assurance, we also operate a bug bounty program through HackerOne. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a service uh, that is commonly used by companies like PayPal. I think the, the, the DOD also uses it to essentially crowdsource the detection of vulnerabilities, right, if they are present in any of our public facing infrastructure or any of our API components, right? So this is open to the public basically. Uh, so those are some of the things that, uh, some of the highlights from the way that we think about information security risk and how to mitigate them. I mean, I, I just did um, a piece in a podcast uh, on what it takes to be aggressively secure. And mm -hmm. one of those things is, is that you don't do it internally, that you hire a third party to essentially attack you on a regular basis, so you can find so you can find the holes. So that's an encouraging thing. Uh, but I think I want to switch over to you, Kyle, because yep. we're, we're, you know this this is kind of a logical step for you. What are your procedures as far as maintaining the security of your own network? Yeah, I mean, like in addition to what Shane was talking about, like regular testing internally, externally, yeah, we invite we invite people to test it. Um, so my team is actually the team responsible for, yeah, most of the, the network security at Plaid. Um, you know, we're we're basically um, and we're, we, we think of security kind of broadly, both at like the corporate level, right? Who's on our network? What are our employees doing on the network? Um, making sure we have controls in place for that but also at like the, the product level, right? So, you know, we have kind of a distinction between people who are at work on like your work laptop. Um, you know, I think SolarWinds too, that's like, I think over overlooked uh, area, like there's a product, but also there's the people working on that product, right? So for us, that's one kind of dimension of where we're focused on. Second is making sure we have like security controls in place at the product level. So Plaid is hosted on the cloud. Um, that's pretty standard in the FinTech industry. Um, we're making sure we're applying kind of the, the most up-to-date security controls that way. Uh, we have like additional products from our cloud provider that add like an additional layer of security on top of that as well. Um, and then kind of in between all of that, uh, my team specifically, um, you know, from both a, a, a like an internal product, a monitoring perspective, uh, we, we look at and have controls in place to look at kind of data between those environments as well, right? So for us, um, you know, the network isn't just kind of like the machines and people, but also kind of like the, the data flowing across our architecture at Plaid. So like for us, uh, you know, the whole kind of, um, you know, from in to out of our whole company is something that my team is, is looking at from a security perspective. 
Now, I'm going to break in here to this interview. Um, I asked a specific question about how Plaid interacts with financial institutions when they're setting things up. And uh, uh, Freya Peterson stepped in and gave uh, an admittedly long explanation of this, but I'd like to boil it down for the sake of brevity. She explained that when the company engages with partners, uh, they do so on two levels. For large institutions like uh, Chase and Wells Fargo, they work with internal security teams to integrate their products. And for small institutions like local credit unions that had limited resources, they, they provide a thing called the Plaid Exchange. In the latter case, the security team is not necessarily brought into the discussion, and Plaid becomes a de facto security department for the bank. This was, in fact, the case with my bank, Technology Credit Union, in, in San Jose. Uh, while Plaid acknowledged that the credit union was a customer, interviews with the security teams showed they had no knowledge of the relationship and they reiterated the rule that credit union members should never give out their lo logging credentials. They also had no knowledge of the relationship with, of Lendistry in the California grant program. This lack of coordination with security teams in some institution negates the ability of Plaid to link bank accounts because of the additional layers of security within the institution. For example, part of the login process at the small business members uh, for, of tech credit union is sending a one-time pin to the member to validate the login. Just giving uh, the information to Plaid doesn't bypass this requirement from the tech CU, and there can be no link to the bank account, and that defeats the ability of Lendistry to issue the grant money from the state, but keeps the account safe. So that's good news and bad news. And Plaid was unaware of this extra layer of security for small business uh, uh, members, and Peterson said she would be looking into it. From that point, Shonda picked up the, uh, the discussion and went into more detail about how they work. And let's go back to uh, Shonda. We, we don't necessarily, um, you know, kind of dictate on, on the on the bank's side, you know, what what you know what teams they bring into the conversation. We do have conversations, regular conversations of, of security teams at banks, right? Uh, and on the commercial side, right? When we work with customers, uh, enterprise customers, depending on like their operational, own operational nuances, right? Their internal nuances, they may choose to bring in security, uh, you know, infrastructure, you know, individuals have subject matter expertise and like high availability, whatever it might be into the conversation. Um, so it is not atypical for us to be, be talking directly to security security teams of banks or, or, or uh, enterprise customers. Um, it, it's we, however, we don't dictate that, right? We don't say, hey, you have to run this process on your end as to how to like work with us, right? This is this is the typical type of engagement that we have. And if you want to talk to our security team, yeah, we are available. If you want to understand. Um, you know, the security risk or, or the risk associated with, uh, you know, building integration, for example, we're absolutely available and, and, and we work with them hand in hand there, but we don't necessarily run their own process for them, right? Um, it is also in a kind of conceivable to me, right? Like, I mean, I, 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 I have my checking account uh, with Chase, like when I engage customer support, I, I'm not expecting you know, that individual or even like who they escalate to, right? To, to have complete visibility into all the like third party relationships or the commercial relationships that Chase might have is simply not the case, right? A lot of the times they're operating off of a script, right? And they're, and those boundaries are drawn for them. You know, when you get questions around, for example, sharing your credentials, right? They're gonna go off of that script. Um, similarly, if you, I think, 
present like a question around account and routing number, for example, right? If you were to say, if I, you know, can I enter my account and uh, routing number to this third party application? I suspect that you get a similar response. Although, you know, that is absolutely required for you to like interact with, uh, you know, yeah. payment applications, right? That's actually my, yeah. my next question on this because, yeah. you know, I've, I've done wire transfers for 30 years now, you know, all over the world. And that was one of the things that I was putting in this is, uh, yeah, I'm still a little bit leery about it, but I, I understand if they want to transfer the funds directly uh, to my bank rather than through a check that I have to yeah. give that information. Uh, right. It was, it was the next step when they, they wanted the, 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 the banking login information through you guys. And I said, right. okay, well, why, why are we changing this now? Yeah, it's a yeah, that is it is a evolution in this. It's definitely an evolution, right? Um, there's a lot of like reasons uh, naturally why, uh, you know, credential based authentication, for example, why the industry has shifted in that direction for, for doing the authentication. Right? A lot of the times, you know, you end up with um, it, it, the manual entering process, right? Usually what happens is you enter your account and routing number manually. There's like a micro deposit flow, right? They try to deposit funds into your account. Uh, and then you go back and you verify that. Usually right. that's how it, it happens. That's, that's how it works with, with uh, PayPal. Exactly. Um, and, you know, that tends to be error prone, right? Also, there's like a pre-day time window for getting you, uh, you know, linked to whatever application that you're trying to use and get you up and running. So there's a right. significant latency that is introduced to that, that uh, you know, user flow that is eliminated by credential-based authentication. Um, one of the things that you get, you know, if you're, if you're a user going through this flow, you had immediate connection, right? If you don't successfully authenticate, you know for sure that it did not connect, right? You don't have to wait to realize for three days, oh, I entered my, I don't know, I replaced the one with a seven, and then the micro deposit goes somewhere else. And, you know, so, so that complexity is removed by this because user getting an immediate uh, uh, response saying whether this worked or not. Is the primary problem that Plaid is solving is the inability of the user to exhibit some patience? <laughs> um, it's a, it's it's a it's a definitely uh, it's definitely not the primary problem. It is, I think, uh, maybe uh, it, it it's a it's a marginal benefit. I would say, right? Okay. Uh, however, I mean the the major problem that we are solving is simply enabling or uh, in, enabling these fintech applications and the users that rely on those fintech applications to, to use those applications, right? Regardless of the bank that they have their depository account with, right? I think, um, you know, last last number I saw was that there's almost 10,000 different institutions in the United States, right? Uh, in the absence of Plaid, um, you know, if you were using like Venmo, like you probably wouldn't be able to connect your bank account if you have like, like, you know, an account at, at a, uh, like a regional credit union, right? Because the incentives, you know, the, 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 the overhead and the technical complexity that is associated with building and maintaining that many integrations is not something that, uh, you know, Venmo, who is like, for example, a money service business has the ability to focus on, right? So it's like a, it's, it's like a, it, it requires specialization, which is what Plaid has. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the major problem that we are solving, right? Um, so, so individuals that might be banking at a credit union like that doesn't simply get, you know, kind of kicked out of this 
kind of this fintech evolution. So I would say that is the biggest problem that we are solving. You know, the, the user's ability to connect the bank account easily and quickly, that's that's a, definitely a marginal benefit um, to the consumer. Going back to something that, that Freya said, we've been working with larger customers who do their own APIs. When they build their interface, is, is it essentially um, white labeling that uh, your product in, in there so that you know, no one actually knows that they're going through Plaid. They, they think they're going through their bank. And whereas the smaller organizations like my credit union actually use, or, or even Lendistry, actually uh, use uh, your your branding. If you're linking your bank account to a Plaid powered application, right, essentially a Plaid customer, regardless of the type of integration that we might have with the bank, right? For example, you know, I think our relationship with Chase is fairly public. Even if we are using a credential-less authentication flow where it's just OAuth, right? You're always going to see the moment you say, you know, link my bank account. If Plaid is in there, if Plaid has any relationship in that flow, you will always see like, you know, Plaid is being used. It doesn't okay. matter. Uh, yeah. So we're not we're not in a situation where we would like just because it's bank OAuth, the user would lose visibility as to the presence of Plaid. It's it's not what we optimize to do. Okay. So how many times do you, uh, does somebody try and hack you guys a month? So, <laughs> okay. Let, 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 let me, let me, let me give a context to that. A few years ago, I talked to a security company that monitored uh, interactions and, 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 and blocked or was able to give alerts when, when they were, when a company was being hacked and they, they, they told me, that on average, their client, their their customer customers are ha, are being attacked four times every second, mm -hmm. twenty four hours a day. <laughs> yeah, that's and, a, and they weren't joking. They said that's how many times it happened. So, considering how ubiquitous Plaid is becoming, how many times are people trying to come after you? And I think that's probably a question for you, Kyle. From where I sit, I'm I'm just assuming that someone's you know essentially scanning us or or running scripts against us at like all times, um, and that's that's not even just against us but our customers as well. So I think it like it's it's on all sides of the equations, and, and a lot of what we do um, on the Plaid side is really building out network defenses for our products, building out product defenses for consumers who use our products. Um, and this is also where Shano's team comes into, like we, we do a lot of diligence on the apps that are connecting through Plaid as well. Um, and that's, that's something we review as well. So like kind of, you know, we want to make sure that all sides of like the Plaid equation, um, you know, have defenses in place with, with that assumption that like, it's, it's just kind of continual is what I would assume these days. Yeah. That's a good answer. <laughs> What do you guys do for for your own internal security? And I, I don't want you to you know to tell tell me secrets, but the, the context is is what they found out with SolarWinds is that the the Russians or the hackers wh wh wherever they were coming from had been actually scanning SolarWinds and had developed their Trojanware package several years previous, and they just kept scanning until they found somebody who used a password of SolarWinds one two three. Yeah, and that was the door that let them in. So what kind of security do you recommend as far as passwords? And, and I mean, do you put real limitations on them? Yeah, I think, I don't know if Jane is still there. I can answer this. Yeah, I mean, from like an internal 
security perspective, um, you know, there, there's multiple layers, right? Yeah. So like requiring strong passwords, requiring multi-factor authentication internally, uh, externally, um, you know, multiple controls kind of across the stack, right? So network security controls, uh, sorry, network security controls, host controls, you know, we want to make sure we have visibility of what's happening on like an employee laptop, for example. Um, if you're going to do something like, right, you know, there's there's um, internal tools we use, people need to do work, right? You know, we make sure those have controls, you know, proper permission set up, um, you know, from a, from a security perspective, uh, my team's really focused on making sure we have, you know, really fine-grained visibility into kind of what's happening across the business. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, that's that's really what we rely on, having that visibility and, um, you know, the the authentication and uh, control set up in place to make sure that it's all happening smoothly, essentially. Okay. Okay, at this point, I, I want to point out that there was there's nothing that indicated that Plaid had ever been hacked, even though... Some of their uh, customers have been, uh, and it's not due to any problem that they have with Plaid. Uh, it's it's essentially people were just sloppy about uh, revealing their usernames and passwords for their or or, or making um, access to their accounts through things like Venmo uh, and PayPal and that sort of thing. That that was completely stupid. But the thing is. If a company is trying to save themselves through this grant program just to get the money they need to survive, there's no other option. They have to do this. They have to follow these instructions. And they have to find a way to get around any other security parameters that their own banks may have set. So I decided to contact my buddy, uh, Matt Rosenquist, and ask him about what the alternatives are. Well, uh, you know, my advice for you, if you are dealing with an organization, that this is the only way they can process it. Um, You can mitigate the risk. And here is what I would recommend. Open up a new bank account (laughs) with a separate login and credential for this one-time use or this one engagement use, even if it's over a long period of time. Great. Um, you know, if you're, you need to set up this type of relationship where they're going to give you money once a month or, or once a year and you want that in place, great. Open up a separate account, but you need to have a separate login, which may mean, you know, unfortunately, you may have to go to a different bank, right? Um, but use it exclusively for that. And when you get the deposit in, you should be transferring it over to an account that you exclusively control. Okay. And that's the way you would mitigate that backwards system. And I would also provide feedback to whomever you're giving it to saying that, yes, this is absolutely a backward system. This is insecure. This is not following industry best practices. This is not in the best interest of your customers, myself included. um, And I would like to see this changed. Matt Rosenquist, everyone, uh, kicking ass and taking names. So that's been it for this episode of Crucial Tech. Uh, I hope Uh, It's been helpful to you. I hope it hasn't scared you too much. And if you're a small business owner, please don't uh, shy away from from the process. Uh, We've given you a good uh, idea about how to deal with it to make sure you're secure. But in the meantime, stay safe out there, folks. Don't give out your password or username if you can all uh, avoid it. Uh, This has been Crucial Tech. I'm Lou Covey. 
And if you have any questions or concerns, go to anchor.fm slash crucialtech and click on the button to leave me a one-minute comment or question, and I'll get back to you on that. I may even make you a star. Crucial Tech, a Fort Washington Media production. <laughs>